The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Sammy Edmund to step in shortly. Kane Corns guiding you through your morning on the captain's run for state transport. Our people are your solution. Let's get the latest trade update for tyre power. Great race sale is now on. He's had a busy couple of weeks. In fact, he's had a very impressive year. He's my next guest live in the studio, Josh Gablich from afl.com.au. Josh, thanks for stopping by again. Hello, Kane. I think we've got a bit of action coming today, which is great. What have we after- got? A slow day four. Well, Damien Barrett put this on the agenda about an hour ago. We love a new name at this time of year. And Jack Gunston is certainly a new name during this trade Mm. period. Damien Barrett reporting that he wants to get to Hawthorne. Brisbane is aware of this. Now, I've made some calls around this. Hawthorne haven't had any contact with Jack Gunston just yet. They haven't prepared for this. This has come out of the blue. It was bubbling away across the past 48 hours. They've been aware this week that he has some interest in coming back. No contact yet. He's overseas, actually, with a number of former Hawthorne teammates in America. So I don't know if this has come out of that. He's with Brisbane teammates as well. So really fascinating situation between now and next Wednesday night because they're committed to the two players that got on the hook right now. Marbior Child is a clear priority. They have committed to taking him. They've got really tight list spots. They're trying to get that deal done. That deal might be done as soon as today. And Massimo D'Ambrosio is the other player they've committed to. Mm. So still a lot to play out, but an interesting name that's emerged quite late in the trade period. Yeah, were you shocked to hear it or not? A little bit, yeah. Definitely, because it's only 12 months since he made the move to Brisbane. This would be a fourth move in the end, coming back to Hawthorne. Obviously, didn't quite pan out the way he would have hoped this year with form issues, with body issues, but had some good performances when he came back in the side before he got injured late in the season. He's a required player up there. Brisbane are surprised by this, I'm told. So still a fair bit to play out, and he may not get there. I, I, I don't know if this definitely gets done, but he wants to get there. Mm, do you think, as we've had a couple of callers reach out and say, well, should Melbourne inquire? Should Richmond inquire about Jack Gunston? Or is a fourth club and meeting a new coach and new teammates unlikely to happen if he's got his heart set on getting back to the Hawks. Well, get the sense there's a bit to play out here, Kane. If he wants to come back to Melbourne and live in Victoria, maybe another club might be an option for him. Could it be a North Melbourne and he reunites with Alistair Clarkson at Arden Street? That would be a great fit. He could extend his career there and get a longer deal than he's currently got at the Brisbane line. So still heaps to play out. But what we do know is he does want to get to Hawthorne, but Hawthorne are yet to speak to him. All right, big news. We'll see how that develops over the next two or three days. What's happening with Jade Gresham? Have we finally got some action there? We do. Can confirm Cal Toomey's report earlier this morning that that paperwork has been lodged. So we wait and see what it looks like and what compensation St Kilda gets. If they get that end of first round compo, which they want, this shouldn't be too difficult to get done. But it has taken some time, really. I mean, the deadline is 5pm today for free agency He's the one we've been waiting for because he's holding up a number of different deals that the Saints are involved in, of course. So we wait and see. This has been a long saga, Jade Gresham. We've been talking about Jade Gresham for the best part of six months with Carlton interested in him, Hawthorne interested in him, Fremantle at different times, Richmond with some fleeting interest. Essendon's been his best bet and they don't want to trade for him. They haven't wanted to trade for him. They've wanted to retain their draft capital heading into November. They've got their targets at this time of year. And they've gone and got two of them in Ben Mackay and Todd Goldstein as well. Xavier Dersma is the other one that they're aiming for. But if they can get Jade Gresham sorted today, they're away and they can really focus on Xavier Dersma yeah. between now and next Wednesday night. What they have done, the Bombers, is give up not much. Nothing. They add in some you know, some depth 
players, um, and Gresham's probably better than that, as is Mackay. I'm not Mackay's biggest fan, as you would have heard, but he, he definitely solves a need and a positional need for them, and, and Gresham gives them some class. Like, at his best, he's an excellent AFL footballer, hasn't been at his best that often, but they've given nothing to get them, and they still build the future around the core group of high draft picks that they've got on their list. I'm with you with Jade Gresham. We haven't seen him at his best for a full season yet, but he, he had a period at the start of last year before he went down with that knee injury in the back end of the year where he did really show his, his first round quality. So we wait and see if we can get back to that and produce a full season, but there is so much potential with Jade Gresham. Yeah. Hey, we learn a lot about where teams see themselves in sort of their ability and I guess capabilities of winning a premiership by the way they act through trade period. That's that's my belief. Like, are they rebuilding? Is it four or five years away? Are they just topping up for some depth to take the next step but not quite been there yet? Or are they all in? And the teams that I reckon are all in, and we've seen it by their actions, is one of them is the Western Bulldogs. And, and so they should be. So the harms acquisition doesn't happen unless you are all in. The Caulfield one is probably the same. Like, the upside is big. Do you agree with that? Do you think, you know, the dogs are, this is it, they are all in on trying to win a premiership next year? I like what they've been doing, Kane. I agree with you on, on Harms. And, and Caulfield is, is one that may be done as soon as the, the end of today. So they're working through that. Jade, Jade Gresham had to be done first before St Kilda would deal Nick Caulfield. Now, I'm getting mm. a couple of texts through that we might see an end of first round compensation for Jade Gresham. So this might be done before the end of the day, which is exactly what we want. We need some movement today. But Nick Caulfield is the one that's been waiting on Jade Gresham to get some movement. I think pick 39 is what St Kilda is after, but I believe the Western Bulldogs want something in return. They're obviously trying to build some draft capital to acquire enough points to match a bid for Jordan Croft, who they got that nomination from on Wednesday. So I like what the Dogs are doing with with what uh, the pick four, which will become pick five, and, and Jordan Croft is a first-round talent, clearly, so they're well-placed next year. So just on that text that you got through, end of first round, would that see, would the pick be 14, would it? Is that Would that be the pick after the Saints' first No, it would be pick? end of first round, so it okay. would be in that 19 okay. range, so that's yet, yet to be confirmed, but that's that's the belief at the moment, so we'll wait and see, but I reckon we'll, we'll get a, an answer on that in the next few hours. So similar compensation is what Adelaide got with yep. with Duday, you think, which is probably around the mark, I reckon. Um, There's a few Port Adelaide fans' hearts who skipped a beat when they thought of the prospect of losing Ollie Lord with the Cats' interest there. What's the latest? Well, yeah, there was definitely some interest from Geelong to get Ollie Lord. I think they're preparing for the end of next year when Tom Hawkins, you'd expect to finally finish his career. That deal for next year is yep. almost finalised. Jeremy Cameron's north of 30. Even the Aaron Norton interest just explains how they're preparing a, a long way out. But the Ollie Lord's interest was real, but it was quickly shut down. He is contracted for next year. He hasn't had any meaningful conversations just yet in terms of an extension at Port Adelaide. Only debuted this year, we can't forget. We got really excited with his back end of the year and his qualifying final. After that Mm. qualifying final, a lot of clubs did pick up the phone and ask the question about him heading into the trade period and heading into next year. So he's not going anywhere in this window, but he'd be a name to follow next year as we start thinking about all the key forwards that are options for clubs heading into that trade period in 12 months' time. Yeah, it'd be a player that they'd be nervous about. I mean, there's a, a few of those on lists ac- across the board, like Sydney would be nervous about Logan McDonald. Port would be nervous about Todd Marshall. Yeah, The Dogs would be nervous about Hugo Hagen, particularly with these offers that, that Sydney are 
so prone to dishing out and Fremantle want to get Logan McDonald back. So he's only played 13 games, yeah. as you said, 15 goals. He's 21 years of age. He was a pick 50-ish, 49, I reckon it was. Um, but He's shown quite height, a bit. And the Geelong, yeah. uh, there's always a fascination on your connection to a club. He's the grandson of the 1962 Brownlow medalist, Alistair Lord, who's a Geelong great. His dad spent some time at the club. He grew up a Geelong supporter, went to Geelong grammar, all that. It doesn't mean you get there, but... There just is some interest, yes, yes. Yeah, it definitely helps. He's really good below his knees. That's what that's what impressed me about. Him. He's really clean below his knees, Ollie Lord for his size. So uh, definitely a player to watch in the coming years. I reckon. What else is happening? Jordan Sweet. Can he end up staying at the Dogs? Can he? I don't think so. The Western Bulldogs have asked the question, just in terms of is he a hundred percent adamant on moving? And he is. He needs a fresh start. He needs to play his senior football, and he's a clear priority for Port Adelaide now with. Ivan Soldo looking less and less likely of getting out of Punt Road. He's contracted there, of course. I think this one will take a little bit of time to get done because Port need to sort out Asava Radagalia. Brandon Zerk Thatcher is a complex one, even with the Xavier Dersma connection. So I think mm. this will take a fair bit of time. The, the situation is the Power have 48 and they've got 40. The Dogs clearly want 40. The power don't want to use that. They want to use 48. So this will get done, I believe, but it's just going to take a little bit of time in the end. Who is in the box seat for pick one? Like We're on draft night sometime down the track and, and teams can still trade draft picks right up until that point. We get that. Who do you think is favourite to have pick one? Is it still the Eagles? Would they, they would be the favourites, but is there anyone coming that you think will mount a case? Well, North Melbourne and Hawthorne are clearly coming for that pick at the moment. There's still so much to play. It obviously would be focused on the trade deadline, but there's another six weeks between now and the AFL draft. So, so much to go on behind the scenes. If I'm West Coast, I'm holding it all the way until draft night, really, to try and drive the best deal. And you look at their hand at the moment. They've got pick one, but they're not on the board again until 22. I think they need to try and accumulate as many top 10 or top 15 picks as possible to accelerate this rebuild. I understand that Harley Reid is a generational talent. Love listening to him this week. We've just seen a, a new side to him in terms of the maturity and all the pressure he's gone through. So if they do end up just with pick one and they pick him, they've, they've got a, a superstar in the making potentially there in Harley Reid. But interested to see what a Melbourne does with six yep. and 11. I, I dare say that they're still chipping away at some some different bits and pieces. I don't think Harry Petty's going anywhere in the end, but when you consider Adelaide has 10 and 14, imagine if they did entertain it and they ended up with three or four picks inside 15. I don't think it happens mm. in the end, but North Melbourne and, and Hawthorne are the ones to keep an eye on in the pick one race. A couple of texts coming through asking you some questions before we let you go, Josh. Is there any update on the Bulldogs coaching panel? And is it a concern for Luke Beveridge that no one wants to come and coach underneath him as yet? It's been an interesting situation, Kane. I reported earlier in the week that Matthew Egan has emerged as someone that they're looking at. I think they end up getting Matthew Egan really highly rated in terms of development. He's been head of development for the past couple of years at Geelong, worked previously at Melbourne and Essendon, obviously became an All-Australian back in 2007 and never played again with that really dramatic and devastating foot injury. So Geelong really like him. So I think the Western Bulldogs are going to have a really big attempt at him after missing out on Justin Leppage. Really disappointed in the end, the Dogs, to miss out, miss out on Justin Leppage. They really went hard for him after going hard for Andrew McWalter and, and even Michael Barlow. But I think what we're learning a bit more about the football department market, 
is it's so competitive. It's like trying to get players out of clubs. Like we are seeing a handful of clubs trying to chase these players. So I don't think it's an indictment on their footy department that they're missing out on some of these names because Andrew McWalter was highly sought mm. after. There were five or six clubs chasing him. He chose Melbourne in the end, which is a slightly ironic given Adam Uze was the one that beat him to the job and he's taken his job in Simon Goodwin's team. There's a bit going on at the Western Bulldogs. They'll be right. There is still plenty of time between now and pre-season starting in yeah. in late November. And I dare say there are some contracted assistant coaches that we're not quite discussing yet that will still move. We're seeing a situation at Brisbane unfold at the moment where they have lost Jed Adcock and Mark Stone since that grand final loss. Scott Selwood is a name that doesn't go away when we hear about the Brisbane Lions and, and Chris Fagan's coaching panel. So still plenty to play out in that space. All right, mate. We will hear you on Trade Radio a little bit later on. Thanks for stopping by, as always. No dramas, Kane. Chat soon. Josh Gabalich there for tyre power. Get the equivalent of 25% off selected Kumo tyres during the great race sale at tyre power.